Hi, and welcome to episode two of Miller's Movers, where each week on Tuesday on the all of your SDK social media channels, I will take a look back at the weekend's racing that's just been. It's Tuesday morning, so of course that means refreshed handicap marks. We'll take a look at uh, the most interesting of those and maybe answer your questions or take a look at some racing coming up. Lots of frozen ground predicted this week, so there's not much racing to look forward to, but we have got some questions to answer. First of all, the weekend that's just been and a couple of eye catchers. Uh, this will probably not have missed many people, but I did think that Calif de Burley in the opening uh, race at Kempton in the juvenile hurdle was mightily impressive. Jumped beautifully, jumped a bit big, doesn't jump like a hurdler, but jumped really accurately. Boss things from the front under a typical Harry Cobden ride. It's great to see him do that. He goes out in front, he runs his own fractions, he keeps out of trouble, particularly in juvenile races where the jumping standard can be uh, moderate at times. Kept it very simple and the horse just powered away. Looks a really smart prospect. He's clearly been quite easy to, to manage. He's only been with Paul Nichols two months. That would probably be bare minimum that a Paul Nichols horse would come from France and make its race course debut. So you imagine everything has gone very smoothly and they clearly hold him in, a, in, in high regard. Uh, I do find it strange that Paul Nichols mentions that he's been bought to be a, a gold cup horse. I personally think you can assume that with most of Paul Nichols' sort of expensive French purchases, they've certainly been bought to do something. And to my mind, it just makes it uh, sort of almost have a target now on this horse's back that already we're thinking about the Gold Cup when he's just won a juvenile hurdle. But that said, you could see very much in the performance that he is going to be a better chase than he is a hurdler. Exciting horse. He was cut for the Triumph Hurdle. Um, I don't think he'll go there. Paul Nichols referenced that he'd been to the Triumph Hurdle with Clannis Oboe and Frodon. They both run poorly and he didn't see the, the reason to go there with this horse. But he's a really smart prospect. I loved how he did things and he's certainly one that you want to be keeping your eye on. The feature race of the day was arguably the Silvignaco Conti Chase. One in really good style by Bambridge. Uh, kicking myself all weekend really. I'd be pretty much signed up to be in the Bambridge fan club. And for some reason I am Abandoned him. I don't quite know why, but I did. I went with Edward Stone. I thought uh, he was going to appreciate the step up and trip. He didn't. He was far too keen. Bambridge, I thought, looked a, a much better horse this year than last year. My argument for going against him was I wonder whether he'd have the required pace uh, to take these horses on on a sharp right-handed track. But he certainly did. His jumping, well, there's definitely room for improvement there. JJ Slevin said afterwards that he felt it was just a bit of a ring rust, which is understandable. He's not run for a fair while. Um, and the fact that he was able to pick up Pick Dory, who jumped beautifully apart from the last fence, probably means you can mark up Bambridge's performance. He's been cut for the, for the Ryanair. I can absolutely see the appeal of that. Personally, for me, he wouldn't be a horse to back anti-post because he is very ground dependent. He missed a turn as last year because the ground was soft and went on to entry. And I don't think it would be any uh, different this year if the ground were to come up at soft at Cheltenham. And of course, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion that the ground will be good at Cheltenham. But if he gets his ground, he is definitely a, a big player in the Ryanair. And we do have to mention, unfortunately, in that race, the loss of uh, Laurel Morgan's uh, stable star not long till May. Really sad. And for me, it just uh, wipes out the rest of the day, really. I, I, I struggle to, to cope with uh, the losses, much as I know they happen and, and, and everything is done to not uh, for it not to happen. But uh, yeah, it's really sad to see that horse that's put Laura Morgan on the map. She took him from 120 to 156 rated horse, won three on the bounce last year, second in the Turners. Um, he was a horse going places and it's a very sad loss. And our thoughts are with them. Sunday, the action moved over to Ireland 
and the horse that everyone was talking about is Mystical Power by Galileo out of that brilliant race mare Annie Power um, and he was impressed with winning the Moscow Flyer. I wondered whether he'd been perhaps a bit talked up on his uh, parentage and uh, his uh, high-profile uh, connections, Willie Mullins and J.P. Manis, but uh, he proved that to be very wrong. He quickened up like a smart horse on soft ground, which would have been a question because he was doing his early winning in the summer um, and looks a smart prospect. His jumping, there's plenty of room for improvement there, and he is by Galileo, and they're not famed for their jumping technique. Um, he has, of course, had a couple of good horses. Celestio Halo was second in the Triumph Hurdle and the Stayers. And Super Sunday for Jessica Harrington later on in his career uh, won a couple of uh, an Irish champion hurdle, a Punchestown champion hurdle and the Aintree hurdle. So he can get good horses, but uh, I thought Mystical Power's jumping is going to have to improve if he's going to be a player in the Supreme, for which he's been cut into favourite. But what you would say is that uh, it's not certain he'd be a runner there. J.P. Mouse has got an absolute wealth of novice hurdlers, particularly in the two-mile division, just off the top of my head, Jericho de Repine, Mirazar West, a dream to share who won the bumper last year, is due to be running any week now. And given the open nature of the Supreme Hurdle, it wouldn't be the, beyond the realm that uh, they might just give him one run over hurdles. And if that went well, go straight to the Supreme. So for me, it's a case of uh, wait and see, because I think those horses are going to have to get divided up and it would be no certain thing that uh, Mystical Power would be the chosen horse for the Supreme. Now going on to the horses moving up and down in the handicap, and we'll start with a couple of horses, or three horses going up in the handicap, and starting with a horse who's a favourite of mine, if you've been watching these videos throughout the season, Chianto Classico has featured more than once, and he duly features again. I thought he ran a very solid race at Kempton, uh, was charting quite a wide path under Harry Cobden. Um, Phlegmatic, I think, was a very well-handicapped horse, very well-ridden by Tristan Durrell, who... Uh, in my opinion, is sort of flat to deceive on times. He sometimes uh, left a little bit to be desired, but he gave this horse a very good ride, very well handicapped horse, clearly likes Kempton. I don't think Chianto Classico lost anything in defeat, uh, going down a narrow uh, second to him, only just about two lengths he was beaten. Like I said, charted a wide path, but jumped beautifully, um, and he's gone up £3 now to a mark of 143. I've had him pegged and have mentioned him as a horse for the ultimate chase at uh, Charlton Festival from very early on in the season. He coped fine at Chepstow on a slightly undulating track. He perhaps wasn't at his best at Ascot last time, and I wondered whether that was the, the slightly quicker ground, but the ground was quick enough at Kempton on Saturday, and he seemed to cope with that. So maybe it was just the sort of downhill start at Ascot that got him on his head a little bit early and, and disrupted his rhythm, but his jumping was much better here. I think this was a run very much designed to get a good round of jumping in. He was given plenty of room at his fences. The fact he was beaten doesn't worry me at all, and... Kim Bailey, of course, went very close with Happy Go Lucky a couple of years ago in the Ultimate, and I'm pretty certain this is where he'll go. Now, if you missed me mentioning him early in the season at a bigger price, he's still around about 14 to 1 for the Ultimate, and I think that's a very fair price indeed. The other impressive novice chaser from the weekend came at Warwick, and it was the Dan Scalton trained Grey Dawning, um, who took apart the Hampton Novices chase. It looked a pretty competitive race on paper with Apple away and Broadway Boy in there, but he ran out a very wide margin winner. He's got up £9 now to a mark of 153. It's certainly a, a deserved rise. He's just not a horse that I could get on board with for uh, a Cheltenham uh, Festival target. He jumps very violently out to his left when he gets to the front. He did it at the last two fences at Warwick on Saturday. He did it at Cheltenham previously, which caused him to come down. And I just don't think that he's going to get away. You're not going to have that margin of error for that sort of thing at the Cheltenham Festival. 
Tom Messenger, who is assistant trainer to the Skeletons, mentioned that if he came out of the race well, they might look to the Ciliars Sandown next. That would look a logical target, and some people will now disagree with what I'm about to say, because he has won right-handed. Uh, he's won right-handed over hurdles at Kempton, and he did win, uh, ran well right-handed uh, at Exeter when just beaten by Stairway Faye at the start of the season over fences. But at Exeter, they come stand side, so the horses have a rail on their left-hand side. So jumping left there up the home straight for all that it's a right-handed track is not such an issue. If he jumps left-handed over the last couple of fences at Sandown, he's going to forfeit a lot of ground when you think that the, the winning post sort of, they have to run almost around to their right a little bit to get to the winning post. I think he's going to forfeit a lot of ground at Sandown if he jumps left. And so as a result, he'll be a horse that I will oppose uh, for all that he's got a big engine if he goes to the City Isles or indeed if he lines up at the Cheltenham Festival. And then one final horse that's gone up in the handicap, and that's Rare Edition, who's gone up £3 to a mark of 139 uh, He made perhaps harder work than the market and the form book suggest he should have done to win the closing two-mile handicap hurdle at Kempton on Saturday. But I think he just looks like he's just crying out for a step-up in trip. I thought he did well to win, given that he made a mistake at the second last, which is a crucial time when he was trying to put the race to the bed. Battled back bravely, got a good jump at the last under Harry Cobden, which was crucial, and uh, was probably value for more than a winning margin. He has been quoted in the Betfair hurdle market, but one of his uh, co-owners said on social media over the weekend that they didn't think that was likely, and they felt he needed a step up in trip as well. So hold fire if you fancy him for that, but certainly keep him in your tracker off a mark of 139 if he goes up in trip. Two horses going down for you now uh, in the handicap, and the first one is Teddy Blue, who I did put up at 50 to 1 for the Lanzarote hurdle uh, on last week's uh, SBK betting podcast. I was getting quite excited at uh, the turning in point of this race. He was travelling very powerfully round the outside. The first time cheek pieces had clearly done the job, but he simply stayed to get home. And uh, furthermore, his jockey uh, suggested to the stewards that he'd also hung a little bit left. But the cheek pieces clearly did the job. If he can stay in this sort of form and they work again, he's gone down a pound to a mark of 131. I think he'll get dropped back in trip again. Clearly, these big field handicaps suit him. And on better ground, that's important too. So as we head into the spring, he's certainly a horse I'd have on my radar for a two-mile handicap hurdle. And then the final one that went down this week, and he went down a fair chunk, four pound. The changing man is now down to a mark of 128. I'd certainly had him on my radar for a uh, a spring uh, handicap, something like the Oldman maybe at the Cheltenham Festival. But the more I watch him, the more I wonder whether he truly stays a stiff three miles. His jumping was good in the early part of the uh, Hampton Novice chase that he ran in at the weekend at Warwick. But as the pace quickened down the back, he made errors, not severe errors, but niggly errors at the final four fences down the back. That got him on the back foot. The race was gone and he wasn't given a half time after that by Brendan Powell. But I'm not convinced he stays this strong three miles. I would be against him in the ultimate chase on that basis. But that notwithstanding, on a mark of 128, he's going to struggle to get into the ultimate chase. He might get into the Kim Muir, but that's very much a, a race where the very best amateur jockeys dominate. And you wonder who the Tizars would be able to uh, sort of acquire for that, uh, that race. So I wondered whether the racing post chase, which is now known as the Coral Trophy chase at Kempton, on slightly better ground, a sharper track, an easier three miles might just be a target for the changing man for the Tizars. And if he lined up there, he would certainly be of interest to me. Uh, one non-mover this week and two new entries. We'll start with a non-mover. And uh, again, it probably won't have passed many people by, but Klitschko for Alan King ran in the two-mile hurdle at Warwick 
was very slow into stride, looked very sort of laboured early and his jumping was poor in the early stages. Did ever so well to stay on uh, to finish second in the closing stages. He's clearly ready for a step up in trip. He has been keen previously and it was actually in some ways nice to see him sort of race quite lazily and behind the bridle. I'm sure now if this horse is upped in trip to two mile two, two mile four, it's off a very lowly mark really for a JP horse of just 118, 118. And I'm sure upped in trip, Klitschko can land a decent little handicap for Alan King. And then because of the cold weather that's forecast this week, it's uh, perhaps best not to get ahead of ourselves and look ahead too much to the weekend's racing. So we'll finish with a few of the questions that you sent in on the SVK Twitter or X channel and on the YouTube comments. And we'll start with a question from Daniel Watkins, which came on the YouTube comments last week. And he asked, can a trainer query or ask for a revision of a handicap mark? Which was a good question, I thought, because I think uh, it uh, displays the link between the handicapper and the trainers. I had a fairly good idea of the answer, but I thought it best to go and actually ask a few trainers. Um, so I spoke to five or six different trainers and the answers varied. They were all clear that, yes, you could uh, query and ask for a revision of a handicap mark. They varied in their uh, sort of uh, responses as whether they'd been successful or not. And generally, it seems like you get uh, more success if you're asking for a slight revision of a handicap mark for a horse that's been on the sidelines, perhaps, um, and sort of asking for it to come drop, drop a couple of pounds so it can come down to a lower grade to be given a chance coming back from an injury. Um, there was also uh, an occasion where a horse had been put up to a mark of 123 um, and the trainer requested whether he could be dropped down just a pound to a mark of 122 because the races are framed in the weighting handicaps a 0 to 110, a 0 to 120, etc. But if you're off a mark of 122, just two pound above that 120 threshold, you can run in a 0 to 120. If you're off 123, you can't. Obviously, you have to go up into 0 to 130, 0 to 140s. So the trainer requested he come down a pound so he could run off a top weight in a lower grade. And, and, and uh, after discussion, that was uh, allowed to happen. I spoke to uh, the chief handicapper of the BHA who said that he regularly speaks to trainers. He would think he speaks to trainers two or three times a day. Um, they will often uh, have a discussion about a mark. They will, if they feel that uh, it's correct, change a mark. But more often than not, they're able to explain why said horse has been given such a mark and a revision is not given. But he also pointed out that if trainers do feel that they've been unfairly handicapped, there is an official appeals process that they can go through. Kate Walsh asked uh, about a David Maxwell ride that came in the uh, bumper at Doncaster last week on a horse called Off the Jury. And she said he didn't look to try very hard. Is that something that the handicapper would take into consideration? And the simple answer is no, a handicapper won't uh, take into consideration bumper runs. They only take into consideration runs over hurdles or fences. But as a punter, I think there's certainly races you should be taking into consideration, particularly when looking at horses that are making their handicap debuts. You know, if they're going up in trip, having got a mark after running on uh, two or three runs over hurdles over two miles, if they're going up in trip, have a look back. What were they like in bumpers? Very often, soft ground winter bumpers are one or have horses run well in essentially slow staying types. Don't always uh, see the speedy types winning bumpers on soft ground. So I very often will look back and you know try and find a horse that's perhaps finished third or fourth in a bumper on soft ground that's run adequately in two mile novice or maiden hurdles that's now stepping up in trip on a handicap uh, debut. And that would certainly be an angle I'd be keen to look at. Then on uh, X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it these days, Andrew Flynn simply said, tell us about Langadan. 
Now, Langadan is clearly a bit of a plot horse that's, that not many people have missed. He won the Coral Cup last year at the Cheltenham Festival, having been highly touted for the Martin Pike the year before, only to get brought down. Um, and he won last year off a mark of 141 in the Coral Trophy. That earned him a £6 rise, and it's clear that the uh, Skelton team have built this whole season so far in trying to get that uh, 147 as it was down to as close to 141 as they can do. And they've succeeded. He came down £2 from 143 after running poorly in the Lanzarote hurdle at the weekend, and he's back on that magic mark of 141, which would suggest he's got every chance now heading into a spring uh, campaign, probably the Coral Trophy. Maybe he'll have one more run and come down a couple more pounds and go to the Martin Pipe, I'm not sure. But what I would point out is that uh, he was reported to the stewards that he actually bled on Saturday in the Lanzarote, so that's going to require a little bit of time to get over. And given if you go on your social media, you're more than likely to see someone mentioning Langadan. He's going to be simply overbet for this race. He only won by a short head last year. It's not like he had pounds in hand. So probably a horse that I'd look to uh, oppose and steer away from in the Coral Trophy at the Cheltenham Festival. For all, the skeleton team have done a very smart job getting his mark down £6 in a few runs. And then to finish with, Jim Litt asked on X about Broadway Boy. He thought he was given a considerate ride when beating the Hamptons novice chase at the weekend. And what did I think? Personally, I didn't fancy Broadway Boy for that race. I worried about his jumping, which was pretty moderate at Charlton last time. He made two or three pretty severe errors. Warwick, with those five fences down the back, is a really unique jumping test. And if you lose your rhythm early, it can be very costly, as you mentioned with the changing man, actually. Um, and I just wasn't certain that that sort of test was going to suit Broadway Boy. His jumping actually was good enough. I just wonder whether he's had a fairly busy campaign. The Twist and Davis team do tend to run their horses a lot, which at a time when sort of uh, social media is full of people complaining that horses aren't running enough. And I think he ran a fair way below form at Warwick at the weekend. It might just be that those sort of uh, runs are starting to take effect. I would like to see him now have a break, get freshened up. And I'm sure he goes to Cheltenham Festival. He would be very interesting to me off a mark of 150 and a handicap. But the Twist and Davis team, as an M, general MO, tend to uh, aim high with their novices. I think he's almost certainly going to go to the uh, Brown Advisory, which they, of course, won with Black Line, who was a similar sort of horse, unfashionable, not sort of flashy. Broadway boy is perhaps the same. I'm sure he'll go there. And he's bound to give his running. He's got great course form, and that has got to be taken into consideration. So that's the end of episode two. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you found it interesting. As ever, please do send in any questions if you think I've missed a horse. If there's anything you think I can explain for you, don't hesitate to let us know either on the YouTube comments or on the SDK uh, social media pages. And I'll see you next week.